Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I am your host, Amy Williams, and this is season two. I'm so excited. And here I'm all about motivating and encouraging strong Christian businesswomen. I want you to know that whatever you may be facing in your life, you're not alone. Successes and failures are shared here, and not just by me, but by incredible guest speakers as well. So glad you found this podcast. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams. And today I'm so excited. I have a special guest. His name is Jamal Maxim, and he is the igniter of champion leaders. And you are that champion. He helps busy business owners shift from scattered exhaustion to energized focus by igniting their leaders, teams, and processes. Jamal, welcome. Thank you, Amy. It's a it's an honor and it's awesome to be here on your show talking to you and to the listeners. Yeah, we're, I'm excited. I, I don't remember how we connected, but I'm glad we do. We follow each other on the socials and it's fun following you. You have some good stuff. And <laughs> so you. I hope that anybody who isn't following you starts so that they can get, you know, part of your world too. Um, so for those that don't know you, let, why don't you give us a little bit of history background on who you are? Yeah, um, sure. You know, I started out in business and got a degree in business because my thought was to always have my own business from the time I was a child. Got into the business world after college, you know, how you go get the job after college. And it was boring. It was extremely boring. I didn't like it. It was dry. It was the same thing every day. And I didn't really feel like I was making a difference or helping anybody. And so I shifted to education, became a teacher. Um, after a number of years teaching, I just felt like I wanted to do more, have a greater impact, serve at a greater level. So then I became a principal, served as a principal for a number of years, um, turning around struggling schools, worked in schools and challenging areas that a lot of people were scared to work in and um, had a great time doing that. Then my last year as a principal, I was asked to kind of be on special assignment. I was what I call voluntold. Um, I was asked, <laughs> but wasn't given really a choice <laughs> to go support this other principal who was the first person in 10 years to come back a second year in a row. So this school had a 10 year history of after every year, the principal will quit. Ooh, and rough. so, yeah, so it was, you can imagine what the school environment was like, and it was a high school and it was humongous, well, it is a high school and it's humongous. And so they asked me to come supporting because they, they knew I must, they knew I was a strategist. They knew I was very good at developing people and processes so I went there, did that. Um, it was culture shock at first. Didn't really like it because it was different from what I was normally doing as a principal. Um, found, found my place in it, got into my rhythm. And then they told me, hey, this house bill passed and all of the schools are losing up to a half a million dollars in their budget because the education budget was cut at the state level. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> just last month, you told me I could either stay here or go back to my other school. And now this month, 
I have no position because you can't cut teachers. So where do you cut? You cut at the administrative level Mm -hmm. that you may deem as non-essential or may give you a good balance on your on your sheet when it's a numbers game. So I cut this person, save this person. So I was informed I was going to be cut. And that was in February. Then March COVID hit. And so at that Perfect point, timing, right? yes, at that <laughs> point, and nobody was hiring, you know, none mm-hmm. of the districts around me was hiring because everybody was dealing with the same thing. So I had a choice. I could either work extremely hard trying to email my resume, you know, convince people of my work, show them my track record of developing people and systems and schools and all of that. Or I could do it as my own business, package it in such a way where it's going to take the same effort and energy and tell people, I don't want to work for you. I want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I, I decided to go that route and to stay that route, you know, to where I can have more control over my destiny, which is exciting and scary at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, but that's the route and the assignment that, um, that I'm on. And that's what I've been doing now for March, what makes my official first year. But I started my, I started really planning in October of 2019, because I just had this inkling that I needed to put mm-hmm. some stuff together. So I, so I started then. Now you're, you're in Ohio. Yes. I'm in Michigan. Oh, I yeah. almost don't want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, I grew up in Michigan. Okay. Are you a Buckeye fan? Like, let's, let's be. See, living here, I have to, I have you to don't be have a Buckeye fan. Anything. But I'm still, I'm still a U of M in Michigan State. Okay, okay. Because well, that's well, what, because I grew up where I grew up, <laughs> my family went to state, but I was a U of M fan. So I kind of had that, oh, that mixed thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, in, in, in Ann Arbor, they had the shirts, the half and half shirts where it was half Michigan State, half U of M. <laughs> So. Oh, my sister-in-law is from Ohio. So we have a lot of, you know, my oldest brother loves Michigan state. The rest of us love Michigan. Yes. It's, it's a whole thing, you know? It's a, yeah. I can um, imagine. I can imagine. And for someone not, I mean, we're just talking about sports and college sports. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was funny. I'm like, Oh, he's in Ohio. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know about those Buckeye fans, <laughs> <laughs> but Okay. So one thing that you, um, that you didn't mention was when you started in fast food at 16. Yeah. Yeah. So I was why don't you tell us a little bit about that. And then I have a few little questions for you too. Okay. Yeah. I was 16 years old and I was a entrepreneur at the time, got my driver's license, was driving my mom's truck. Um, cause she really wasn't using it and I was cutting grass and I was making good money cutting several, you know, yards across the city. And then one day, a bunch of my friends, they were telling me about how they went to work at this Burger King and how much fun they were having. So I did what a typical teenager would do. <laughs> I, I put down my business, <laughs> my own business to go work at Burger King because that's where my friends were. And, you know, it didn't take long before I became a manager. So I became, I was in high school managing, you know, adults and my peers. 
And so I, I stayed there for a number of years while I was in college. But yeah, it was very, it was a very interesting time. And that was my first taste of leadership of, you know, being in leading people. I don't want to say being in charge because that's not what leadership is about, but, mm-hmm. but really leading people, influencing people, um, dealing with customer service and satisfaction. That was my first taste of that as a high school student, which was very, very interesting. That sounds, I, that's one job I never had was like fast food. Not a lot yeah. of jobs, but not fast food. Yeah, fast food. It Burger King had me smelling like grease every day. It was, <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> I was like a, I, I did the like hostessing and the serving thing, but just not fast food. It was a different restaurant, but. Um, all right, so when you say leadership, and yes. you say, you know, I know you're helping leaders and, and you're leading. What does that look like to you? Well, you know, there are a lot of definitions for leadership. And I know John Maxwell has the one that most people use where they say leadership is, is influence. But I add to that because right now there are so many influencers and so many things influencing people. That's not real leadership. You know, just doing something like when I was a teenager, doing something simply because someone else is doing it, that's not real leadership. So to me, leadership is influencing people, yes, but it's to accomplish a vision or to live up to a particular, their, live up to their purpose. And so if I'm going to have influence, if I'm going to connect with someone, it's to accomplish a vision. And so if we're in a particular business together, I'm going to influence you to accomplish this vision. Not just simply, I'm not trying to influence you just to get something done, but I'm also, we can't be BFFs either. We have, we're here to accomplish the, the goal. That's why we're all here. We have a vision and a mission. Now in life in general, you know, people following me and things like that, I'm going to influence people and through my business, I'm going to influence you to live up to your fullest potential because there's potential inside of you that has to get out so you can, you know, live the kind of life that you deserve so you can fulfill your dream and not be the kind of person that's living vicariously through people on Instagram and Facebook. You know, you see people on the beach drinking wine, talking about, oh, I'm about that life and you Mm -hmm. wishing it was you. And so I want, I want to help people get to their full potential, live their dreams. So instead of wishing it'll be their reality. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I think that you're you're touching on a subject that really isn't this episode, but just the social media influence in general. Yeah. And yeah, it can look so glamorous, but you have no idea what goes on behind that. <laughs> Absolutely. You're like, yeah, you might be sitting at a beach and sipping your drink or whatever, but it might not be all that great. Right. So be right. careful what you're wishing for. And that's what I tell people too, especially um, when they're when they're launching a business because they look at social media and they were compared themselves by someone else. And they think, Oh, I should be this far along. Or someone just posted that they, you know, closed this big deal or had this great launch and only got 10 people in my, you know, in my course, but they have a hundred because sometimes it'll make you despise the small beginning. It'll cause you to, Mm -hmm. to really, become impatient and get ahead of where you are and make mistakes trying to rush to get to the fulfillment of your dream. When, when dreams and businesses, they happen in stages, they unfold over time. And so 
it's easy to want the end result now, but you can't get to that end result until you do what you're supposed to do in the, in the now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I talk a lot about um, seasons and our yes. pastor actually just did a sermon on seasons too. And I was like, well, this is so timely. That's what's we up. Do. We, uh, you know, I was, um, I don't know if I posted it on Instagram or if it was in my Facebook group, but just like that growing season and that planting season and, um, yes. you know, all that stuff. So there's, there's a season for it. So absolutely, you can't have the fruit of the tree without planting the, it the and seed. growing it. Yes. 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 And, and you know what we were, we've been talking about seasons, you know, at my church, we've been talking about it being birthing season mm-hmm. and how, and it's the same thing. You can't have the fruit unless you plant the seed. And then once you have the seed, you have to water and nurture it because there's a time period for the seed to be nurtured. Just like when a woman carries a baby, there's a time period for the baby to be in the womb. And then, then there's a time for the baby to be delivered. Then after the baby is delivered, there are various seasons of maturity until that baby becomes an adult. And so it's the same thing with our dream. There's a time we carry it and nurture it, but then there's a time for us to birth it and release it. And then once we release it, we have to be conscious that there are different seasons, like I was saying earlier, that we will go through with our dream to see it come to the fulfillment. Because here's the here's the thing that gets people impatient. When they have a dream, either for their business, for their life or whatever, they see the fulfillment of it. They see mm-hmm. what it's going to look like when it's totally in its fulfillment. And yes, there will be a time when it's fulfilled and you will enjoy it. But the problem is people can't reconcile the the beginning of the thing with the fulfillment. And that causes a lack of patience. Are you talking to me or to my audience? (laughs) (laughs) I am like, I, my husband, he, he gets, I drive him mad because I am a big picture person. I am like a a dreamer, the vision board. I'm like, I can, if I do this, 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 and this, I can see this result. And like yeah. he owns his own business. So I'm like, okay, you gotta do this. And I'll like throw him 5,000 ideas. Like, oh, what if you did this? And what if you did that? And he's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a one step. Like I need to do this. This is working. I'm not going to go crazy and try all these things. Like, let me just do one at a time. And I'm like, but one at a time is so boring. Let's do 50. He <laughs> 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 drives him nuts. Cause he's just not that brain. I am that brain that I'm like, I'm everywhere. And I, mm. I'm the person that I have to write it all down so that I can, yes. I call it my brain dump. I have to brain dump all, like the big vision yes. so that I can break it down into the small bit. So if you were talking just to me, what would you say? Like, what's your advice in, in, in that alone? Like, how do you slow it down. And (laughs) and you would be my ideal client because that's what I do. Because one of the things I've been gifted to do is have the eagle and the owl. I'm the visionary, but I also can see those details as to how to connect those dots. So the very first thing I would do is exactly what you said. You call it a vision dump. I call it, um, you call it a brain dump. I call it a vision dump is where everything that you see and think about your vision, we just going to dump it you know, I like to use a whiteboard because that just works for me to process. So we whiteboard it out. And so we just dump it all on a whiteboard. And then after that, we'll look at those pieces and figure out which things are for the now season, which things are for the later season. 
Mm-hmm. And once we identify the nows, then we look at, okay, where are we in light of the now thing that we must accomplish? So these later things are still there. They're still a part of vision. We're not forgetting about them and we're not erasing them, but we have to focus on this now thing because if we don't focus on the now, we can't get to the later. And so, so then we look at what's the now thing and where are we in relation to that now thing? And then we take strategic action. We put some action steps in place that will get us from where we are to that now thing to see that fulfilled. And then we'll put action steps from the now thing to the next now thing Mm -hmm. to the next now thing. So then as we progress, we've made strategic shifts is what I call it until we come to the fulfillment of your dream. I'd love it. Yeah. I I also, I I have, um, I should post a picture of my podcast studio I've shown it from this angle so like it's it's half toy room half my space because I got three kids and it's it's inevitable right (laughs) so but it's like the non-conforming fourth bedroom in the basement and so there's a closet but the closet is those old um, mirror doors yeah did you write on those yes they're doodled because they're color-coded I use actually um chalkboard markers yeah. A little bit harder to clean. They don't wipe off, but they're easier to read. Like from where I'm sitting, I can read them. Where yes. like regular dry erase marker on a mirror is really like see-through-y. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've got my, I have my tree of life because I talk about a root system and yes. all the branches for your foundation and then growing from there. Yeah. So I've got, that's all. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. And see in my, my office here, I call it the encounter room, but I have a whiteboard on the wall, which is full. And then I have windows that actually lead to the front of my house. And so I ran out of space. So I write on the windows. So when you are in my driveway, you can see the writing on the window, but you can't (laughs) read it, but you can still see it. (laughs) Yes, it works. Yeah, Uh, You could also get like a piece of plexiglass that's clear and you could use that. I have one of those, but my kids took that part over. (laughs) <laughs> I just was like, you know, what? you can have this one. I put it lower and they color all over it. I'm like, it's fine. Whatever. If you want to be like mom, you can color on something too. Oh, that's great. I love that. So planning, yes. um, what would you say when you, in your introduction, it's like the scattered exhaustion. So we're yes. shifting from scattered exhaustion to energized focus. Like, what would you say is the biggest piece of advice you could give someone to make that shift? Really? The biggest piece of advice really is to focus on the now thing, you know, like I was saying earlier, because there are so many, most of the people who fall in that place is because they have so many ideas that are constantly coming. It's like, they're like, a, their mind is a super highway for ideas. They just, they just get into yep. this zone where ideas are always coming. So I would say, do the vision dump and then focus on the now thing. So you got to be able to focus because what happens is when you act on all of these ideas, you can't really focus on one. And so you have a lot of moving parts, a lot of projects that are started, but not finished. Some are about to start, some are, you know, in certain stages and you have a a plethora of things that are going on, but none of them are really bearing the fruit they need to because Mm -hmm. you have your hands in so many things. 
And so I would say, do the vision dump, then focus on the now thing. You got to focus on what you're supposed to be doing in this season. Now, a lot of times too, people take that as a, as a, as a, or I do this or I do this, but you know, a lot of times it's an, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this, but I have to focus on this one first. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. Cause I don't want to not do that other thing. Yeah. I want to do both. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's great. I think that's great advice. I think that also explains why my house is the way it is because we have lots of projects going on at the house too and none of them are finished, but you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the chaos of the Amy Williams household. <laughs> so you said something earlier too uh, that kind of stuck out to me when you were talking just about um, how you you started in business and then yeah. you went, you realized you were not making a difference and you were not helping and then you shifted into the teacher. I would feel like being a teacher would kind of fulfill that of mm-hmm. like wanting to help. Like, I feel like that's a very teacher characteristic is helping. Yeah. And then you realized you're still not fulfilling that calling. And then you went into the principal, which is an even higher and you're still not fulfilling it. So now here you are. So yeah. what would you say to someone who's also like struggling in maybe, maybe education, maybe not education, but just like I'm, I'm not where I feel like I'm supposed to be. What would you mm-hmm. say to them to help them get to that? Well, the main thing is, the good thing is that they recognized it because sometimes people can get comfortable with where they are because of the comforts of where they are. Oh, I have this steady check or I have these benefits or I know this job, I know these people, everything is good. And so- when you recognize though that you are intended for more and destined for more, you have to obey that because that it is like a thirst that cannot be quenched. And so you have to, I mean, so, so I would say when people feel that they need to really explore and determine and really get quiet to find what direction should I go in? Because the one thing you don't want to do is get out of timing or go in the wrong direction or take a misstep. And so, so you have to really get quiet and really be sensitive to, to sense what direction do I need to go? What, what, is, what is the thing that I, I should do in this season? You know, one of the things um, we do in my church with our leaders that are, and anybody that's serving you know, we don't assume that because they served in one area that they're going to always serve in that area. Mm-hmm. So every year we ask them, is this still the area for you? Do you feel like this is still what you should be doing? And if not, we're cool. And so because it's important to reassess what you're doing and say, OK, is this like you were saying seasons is my season over for this particular thing or this particular assignment. And so when you feel that inkling, you can probably tell that that season is over. So now you just have to get quiet to figure out what is the next step. And then once you, once you figure that out, you have to do it no matter how scary it may look, you have to make the the decision of faith decision. Uh, one of the songs that I've been listening to like crazy the last two weeks is Maverick City. Mm-hmm. You probably have heard it. The wait on wait on you or wait on the Lord. Have you heard that song? 
I haven't heard it. I've heard oh. of Maverick City, but I haven't heard the song. Okay. Well, I think it's Wait On You, now that I'm saying it out loud. Yeah, it's, it's Maverick City, Wait On You. But it is okay. so good. I feel like it's very timely for this episode, but um, it just talks about how you got to wait. Like, yeah. it's not about what you do when you wait, but how you wait and staying you know, grateful and all the things, but it's, yes. it's really good. But I think that's, that's very fitting for what you're saying. It sounds similar. Like, you know, you're feeling called to more and no matter how scary it is, like you have to anticipate that God's going to provide that for you yes. and know like that is the door we're going to. And sometimes, yeah, it's scary, but that's where you're supposed to be. And just cause it's scary doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm, that's good. That's real good. Yes. I love it. That's real good. Okay. So when you're working with someone and you're making those plans and strategically, what are your favorite um, resources to use? Oh yeah. I have a couple. One is a whiteboard because it's just, yeah. that's just so easy to, to vision dump. And, you know, I'm, I, I talk with pictures, so I've got to not stick man pictures, but I have to use like words and make diagrams on the whiteboard and things like that. And so <clears throat> that's one. The second one, I use um, Microsoft Planner and it's a part of Office 365. And what that does is you can uh, basically create what's called buckets, but under each project, well, basically they're projects, but they call them buckets. And then under that bucket, you can list all the things that need to be done for that specific bucket. And each task can also have another checklist. And then you can track comments, like track your progress. So if you needed to say, get with the vendor about something, you type in, hey, spoke with the vendor, they're coming on Tuesday, boom. So it's locked in and it keeps that record. And then they could tell you if it's in progress, completed or whatever. And so I use that really a lot to um to help people manage projects when they have multiple things uh, or multiple steps to what they're doing and so can you share that like with people so you can have like more than one person on that one yes bucket list <laughs> yeah yeah okay. you can give people access to it nice. and everyone can um view it and add to it and things like that and so those are when i'm helping people make the shift those are the main two tools that um that we use besides of course like microsoft word and you know you can now they're they're a little advanced now you can share that out kind of like how you do a google doc or people can mm -hmm. type on it and you see the changes in real time and so um yeah but that microsoft planner is like the key it is like the greatest nice yeah. I like it. I, um, I recently found Trello. So I feel like Trello is, is probably similar to that, but a little different. You, you also have one more thing on there, which was you have the planning and the strategies, and mm -hmm. then you have the creating action steps. And then you also have developing the dream team. And I'm most yes. curious about the dream team. So yes. tell me what is the dream team? What is developing that look like? everybody needs a dream team because I say it this way, greatness needs a team. And I think about it in terms of sports. I don't know if you were like, you were like a LeBron James fan, but I've been following LeBron since, mm -hmm. you know, he came to the NBA. And one of the things I noticed, no matter how good he is, he needs the right team around him 
to win championships. And when he didn't have the right team, he could score 40 points a game, but they still didn't win. No, and so, so I use that example because every person that's walking in greatness and fulfilling their dream, they will eventually come to the point where they have to have a dream team. Now, a lot of people quote, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, which is true, but you cannot have just anybody. And that's the problem. Sometimes we think, oh, we need a team. So we just get people. No, you no, that's not, that's not going to work. You don't just need anybody. You need a dream team. You need people who are fit, one who understand the vision, two, who understand you, and then three, that can be properly placed in their role on the team in the area of strength. Because if they can't function in the area of strength that's going to add to the accomplishment of the vision, then they're probably either wrongly placed or they're not the right person. So you got to have a team of people who are properly placed, who can be that dream team that can help take your dream to the next level. I love that. I love yeah. dream team. Um, yes. To all of that. So if you, if you were to put together, are you still working on your dream team? Are you pretty good on how much you have? How many on your team? I'm still working on my dream team for my business. Okay. Um, but I would tell you at my church, we have a dream team and we're, we're growing and developing them. And, um, when I was a principal, I had a dream team that I was growing and developing. They were at various stages, you know, in the education system. Some of them were like, I just want to teach. I don't want to learn about leadership. And I'm like, look, you are leading. You have a team of teachers that's following you. You need to learn how to lead. <laughs> and so, um, so it just depends on, you know, the stage where you are in your mm -hmm. business or in your dream. But I would tell you this. If you don't have, if you're not at the stage where you have people that are like working in your business as a dream team, you can still have one as, as external, meaning like, like you can have a network of people. Like, for example, I don't really focus on social media marketing, so I, but I know someone who does. And so if somebody needs that, I pass them to her, or I know someone else who's very big on like being a virtual business manager and operations manager. I don't do that. I do the strategy, but I'm not going to run your stuff for you. And mm -hmm. so, but if somebody needs that, so I pass them to her. So I do have like a virtual dream team, even though they're not like employees in my business or partners in my business, but they're more. So you're less, saying you've got multiple teams. You've got yeah. multiple different types of dream teams. Maybe they're yes. different sports. Like this one's basketball. This one's baseball. <laughs> uh, yes, I love that. Yes. So do you feel like you and your wife then are a dream team? Like you have a family dream team and then you have a work dream team. And <laughs> I would say we are, we are there and I would say we're there in some areas and getting there in, in others. Because um, a husband and wife scenario, as you know, is a constant growth process because you're growing, your spouse is growing. You have to, it's like learning your spouse all over again because she, mm -hmm. in my case, she's grown. And in her case, she has to learn me all over again because I've grown because I'm not the same guy as when she 
she met me. And so it's this constant evolving and getting to know each other to gel, to, to continue to function as a dream team. And it's easy to function as a dream team when it comes to household matters. But then when you start adding in business and entrepreneurship, that takes a whole nother level of growth. Because there are times, being honest, my wife would be like, look, I don't want to hear about business. Can we talk about something else? And for me, it's like, I got to talk it out. I'm like, I'm trying to process. I got to talk. And she's like, no. <laughs> she was like, let's talk about something else. Let's watch this movie. You know? <laughs> so you uh, I'm probably talking to so many people right now. <laughs> it is so funny. I feel like I'm in a couple mom groups and I see those posts all the time where like, does anybody else's husband not understand? And I'm like, everybody, because you're in your own little bubble of trying to build this thing. You've got this vision, you've got this whole thing. Yeah. And because you can see it doesn't mean that anybody else can see it. So I, yes, I think it's very relatable, very normal. Um, And I also think one thing that's really important to anybody listening is that not everybody needs to understand your vision. Oh, absolutely. Not everybody needs to hear your vision. Like it, that is true. That is true. Be careful with who you throw that out there to, because that can make it really discouraging if they're like, oh, that's a really bad idea. You'll never, blah, 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 blah. you know, be careful who you say that to, because then that's going to come back to you and you go, oh, yes. well, they said I couldn't do it. I probably shouldn't. Absolutely. That's, and that's not so part bad. of your dream team. Exactly. And that, that is so correct because pe- some people don't have the perspective or the mindset to see what you see. And, and there's nothing wrong with them because they don't see it. But the bottom line is you're the visionary. So of course you're going to see it. And then some people won't see it until it starts to unfold or come to fulfillment, which is okay. But you, like you said, you have to be careful. You have to nurture nurture that dream you have to be careful who you talk to who you share with who you talk about it around you have to be careful what you think about it because there'll be days where you might think something weird yourself be like man should I have done this or should I not you know so you have to be careful you have to constantly be self-aware to even check your own thoughts your own feelings about your dream and if you are having one of those rough days where it's like, oh, I don't feel like doing nothing. I'm, I've called 100 people and heard no 100 times. That's one of them times where you have to really be intentional to, to encourage yourself through affirmation and declaration to get yourself back into that, that space of faith and that space of excitement. Oh, so, so true. Earlier, you said exciting and scary at the same time. Yes. So right now with what you're doing, what's exciting to you and what's scary to you? Well, it's exciting to be able to first connect with people that I know I wouldn't have connected with if I would have remained a school principal. I wouldn't have met you, um, you know, which is which is awesome. And um, a lot of people I've had the opportunity to meet, to talk to. Um, on social media, talk to through Zoom. I mean, from different countries, I've been able to talk to people. And it's, it's amazing, you know, to get to know people and hear their story and hear what life is like in other places, hear their dreams, be there with them to help them, you know, walk it out and birth their dream or 
adjust their dream if they're already, you know, in it. Those are exciting things. And, you know, it's fulfilling because I love helping people. I love seeing people fulfill their purpose. And so, um, and I know I wouldn't be able to do quite that if I was in the school. And so that's the exciting part. The scary part is when you know, when you have the weight of every action, every decision has to be the thing that generates income because I have to take care of my family. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just keeping it real. And so it's like, you know, it's like, okay, I have these, I don't call them bills because I use a different kind of language. I say household expenses because I've never heard a millionaire talk about a bill. They talk about an expense. And so I have, I'm going to start using that. That's genius. (laughs) So I have, I have these household expenses that I know I'm responsible for. And so I have to even though I enjoy helping people, I'm not in business and I'm actually doing a disservice if I don't make an offer and allow people to invest in this offer that will bring transformation because I'm bringing years of schooling, years of experience, mm-hmm. years of testing and challenges and people talking about me and overcoming that. I'm all the stripes that I took to get to this place didn't come easy. And so I will be doing someone a disservice if I didn't offer them the opportunity to benefit from what I've experienced and what I've learned. And so so I have to make this offer. They have to invest financially and and I have to bear the weight of generating income through that. And so if, so it's that scary place of, you know, that God provides, but when you're not working for someone else, you have to be very intentional to find that channel through which he's going to provide. Cause it's, it was easy when I was in the school district, cause every 15th and, uh, and 30th, <laughs> boom, direct deposit, you know, now yep. is now is quite different mm-hmm. you know when, when you have to go get you still have to do all the same stuff and so that that can be scary and that's the and that's the thing of being in faith because you don't want to feel like you made a mistake and then of course your brain will always try to things will come to your brain that are the worst case scenario and be like, Oh, you're going to be the old dude doing this, or you're going to be doing that, or you're going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Not even, not even images of you going back to where you left images of you being in a worse place than, than you left mm-hmm. to try to get you out of that place of excitement and that place of faith. And so, um, yeah. I think that's a normal scary too. I think that's, I think that's what holds a lot of people back from stopping their nine to five Mm -hmm. and actually pursuing and stepping out in faith and saying, yeah, I know I can do this and stepping out in faith and saying, God's going to bless me for this. I think there is you, you do as, I mean, we've been brought up and taught our entire lives to believe there's security in a nine to five. There's, Mm -hmm you know, all the benefits and all this other stuff. And yeah, okay. But 
there really is no security in a nine to five and you're trading your time for money. And usually it's not really enough money for what you're worth, especially if you add in the cost of education. Yes. Like like you're not being paid enough. Sorry. No. And then you take your years of expertise and your, like your stripes, as you said, and it's just, you're worth way more than that. And who's ever in that nine to five, like, keep going. You got it. I'm not going to tell you to jump off the ledge, but if you feel that calling, you've got to, you got to go tail off to get out of it. Yeah. And I like what you said that I don't want the audience to miss because we think nine to fives are secure. I was a principal in charter school and went to traditional public because I thought the traditional public schools here were more secure. Come to find out, it, it was just as unstable. Mm-hmm. And so, so our security, even though we get comfortable with our nine to five, but we have to always remember that our security is not in that. And mm-hmm. so, because no nine to five is secure, you know, and that's what happened to me. And from what I understand, a lot of other people have similar situations that I mm-hmm. talked to. I mean, it, it would have been different if I wasn't performing I had bad evaluations and they were like, look, this just isn't working out. That's different. But to go to be flawless, to have, I've had like one, one bad evaluation, just one. And so to, to have <laughs> shame one, on you. <laughs> right. And, and it was like, come on, you got me doing stuff that you can't even rate me on. And then instead of putting not a not applicable, you said no evidence and it marked me down. I'm like, right. Oh, so it's not even fair. Right, exactly. That's what I thought too. So, um, so you talking about somebody who was performing well, never had a bad evaluation, and was asked to do something or told to do something because of your skill set. And here's the thing: people see in a nine to five, because when you perform well, your pay increases. Perform well, the pay increases, which is a good thing, until it's time for budget cuts, because they see your high salary and think. I can get rid of one person versus getting rid of two people here or Mm -hmm. one and a half people here, depending on how the salaries go. So it becomes strictly a numbers game. And so what happens sometimes, which isn't right, is the top, some of the top performers get cut. And then the people who were struggling, their jobs are secure. And you're like, wait a minute, how does that work? Mm -hmm. I know this person was on the improvement plan. (laughs) So, so, and that's why I say that there's no security in it. And, and I would say to anybody, um, if you feel that inkling for entrepreneurship, you need to explore it because that's what happened to me in October of 2019, when they initially began talking to me about shifting to help this principal, you know, at the high school. And I had never been at the high school level till then. Most of my career was pre-K eight. And so, Mm -hmm. but they talked, and I had just casted vision to the staff for that school year. It was going to be wonderful. And, you know, two months later, they had me at central office in an office smaller than half the size of the room I'm in now. Like it was a closet and I didn't see anybody because they had me working on stuff and and I would complete what they needed me to do in two hours. And then I saw nobody else for the other six. So during that time, I'm just, I had that inkling 
to start mm. working on my business. And so I did. It wasn't like I was still in. They just didn't have anything else for me to do. And yeah. so I made productive use of my time instead of sitting there staring at the wall. So I like it. I like so, it. And so that, so when this thing happened in February, when they said, hey, we got to make cuts, I was already so deep into the development of my business, the development of the Dream Team Incubator, and had that all laid out and had found a business coach and researched to, to make sure it was the right one to help me launch my business. And I was already in that process because I obeyed what I what I felt and sensed. And so, um, you know, I go into all that to say anybody listening, if you have that sense, you need to prepare because you sometimes circumstances will force you to make a step of faith when even when you think you're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. But however, you are ready for it. Mm -hmm. So you got to be prepared. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. I'm going to, we're going to cut this off. Yes. I could, I could seriously talk to you for hours. Um, how can anybody find you on your socials or anything like that? Yes. So I'm on almost all the social media. I'm not on TikTok yet. I just couldn't get with that, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm everywhere else. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And um, you can just find me at Jamal Maxim, you know, just my, my first name, J-A-M-A-L, my last name, Maxim, is spelled M-A-X-S-A-M. But then also, I'm, I have my own real estate in the online world. You can go to my website, jamalmaxim.org, and you can see information about me, um, how I help people make the shift from scattered exhaustion to energized focus, and people can access a calendar and schedule time with me. What I like to do is I give people free 30-minute strategy sessions just so I can hear them, hear their story, hear, hear their dream, and see how I can help. And if I can help them, I will. And if I can't, I point them to someone who I think can. Perfect. And we go from there. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and joining us. We have to take a picture for socials before we cut this off. Um, Thank you so much. Stop recording. Thank you so much for listening in to The Amy Williams Show. For more about this episode or how you can start your own podcast, go check out theamywilliams.com. If you have a moment, would you please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher? It's seriously one of the biggest compliments you could give. 
Also, come find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok using the handle at the Amy Williams Show. Can't wait to see you over there. And don't forget, you are not made for a small life. It's time for you to go after it and live out your purpose. See you next week.